enga mana enga reo, no mai haramayono ki tēnei o ngā hōtaka ko Tiahika. On Friday, the Ahu Whenua Māori Farming Awards was held in Gisborne. This year's three finalists were Te Awa Hōhonu Forest Trust, Guava Station in the Hawke's Bay, Whangara Farms and Kiriroa Station, both in Gisborne. Tonight we hear from Ingrid Collins, Chair of Whangara Farms, who remembers the stories about Māori who struggled and at times lost their land. If you owed the farm, the, the dairy, or well, they call it, it was the shop at the time, um, if you owed him some money, he'd say, never mind paying your bill, I'll have a piece of your land, and that was what was happening. And Bob Cottrell, Chair of Te Awahohonu Forest Trust, talks about the future of farming. One of our trustees is the principal of Tauri College. We're, uh, we're in that sort of vicinity where uh, Ngāti Whatuapiti uh, engage and um, so to see uh, how we can engage with our Māori, young Māori men from um, Tauri into the agribusiness sector. Kuera te tino kaupapa o te hōtaka e haere ake nei. This is Tiahika on RNZ. Ko Justin Murray, ahau. The history of the Ahu Whenua Māori Awards stems back 86 years. It was the vision of Lord Bledisloe and Sir Aperana Ngata. The inaugural competition began in 1933 and was taken out by Rokokore farmer William Swinton. The Ahu Whenua Farming Awards alternates every two years, dairy and sheep and beef. In 1936, it was the turn of tiki-tiki farmer Henry Dews. The story goes is that the cup was on display at Waiapu Farmer's store. The shop caught fire, which destroyed it. It was replaced with a new cup two years later, but in 1944, it was lost during a rail trip from Rotorua to Wellington. It was found in 1946 in a Frankton store. The awards took a bit of a hiatus during the 1990s and returned in 2003. In 2005, the committee then decided to alternate the awards uh, with sheep and beef and dairy. Ingrid Collins is the chairperson of Whangara Farms. The scenic and coastal area is quite literally a good place for a movie set. Ingrid has grown up on farms and agriculture is part and parcel of her upbringing. Whangara Farms is, is a beautiful um, place. <laughs> it's situated 28 kilometres, well, 32 if you're going by farm roads, 32 kilometres east of Gisborne, east-north of Gisborne. On the east coast, we have 25 kilometres of beachfront and um, 37 kilometres of road actually going through our farm. So that would give you a bit of an idea of just how big the farm is. We know Whangara is uh, the backdrop to the movie Whale well. Rider. <laughs> and of yeah. course, um, the, the area in itself is steeped in, uh, you know, Māori history, local iwi and hapu, the eponymous uh, ancestor Paikia. In general, what's the, the history of Māori farming in the Whangara area? Of course, it's no doubt closely associated with the work of Sir Apirangata. Aye, it is. Uh, he... He set up the incorporations and Whangara was the first place he set up the big incorporations by, when I say that, all of the land was owned by separate people and um, 
they were slowly being lost to, um, if you owed the farm, the, the dairy, or, well, they call it, it was the shop at the time, um, if you owed him some money, he'd say, never mind paying your bill, I'll have a piece of your land, and that was what was happening, especially in our Whangarae area. And so um, he could see this happening up and down our coast, so he decided that it was time we amalgamated as families, as hapu, um, into one one or two or three farms, as is the case with Whangara farms. So did any of your great-grandparents, great-grandparents talk about that, about going to the dairy and buying something and then suddenly they're handing over a title? Not to me, to my mm. mother who then passed it on to me. And none of her father's farm or their farm was lost. So in that way, but he also was kind of a visionary. My grandfather was. My grandfather was Dan Tamararo, Kraitiana Tamararo, who is who is, you may have heard, how we have the kapahaka here and the shield that they perform yes. to every year is, um, is my grandfather. Taira Fitzi in the East Coast hosts the annual kapahaka competition Tamararo. Last year, 17 haka groups performed. So he could see that happening and because his farm was, was big, he encouraged our whānau to, to follow up his own Sir Apirana and um, do what he asked. So, yep, so that's the history really of how the incorporations at Whangara were formed. Um, geographically, if you look at it, we're formed, we're divided by the two rivers, Waiamoko River um, in the south and Pakarai River in the north, to the north, and Whangara B5 is in the middle of those two other incorporations. And so, Ingrid, you were there from the start of Whangara Farms back in 2006. It seemed like there was some change afoot at that time. Uh, did you invite, um, did you, was there an, an amalgamation of sorts? Yes, there was. Mm. We, Whangara B5, was, we, we were okay on our own. We were doing all right. And um, the manager on Pakarai left and so our manager was managing that farm as well. So we got together and talked about it with our secretary and we said, you know, it would be a good idea if we brought these two farms together. It was 2004. We started and, um, if you know, you know what it's like. We had to have meetings and meetings and um, with the shareholders and everybody to see if this was going to be all right. Um, more so our shareholders. We won, we won everybody over in yes. the end and um, they're benefiting from that. Ingrid explains the farming operations. We have 75,000 stock units. Mostly, most of those are sheep. Um, sheep and beef we have. We run a, an Angus and our, um, our sheep are uh, Romney, Romney Cross. It's, it's large. The land, we've got 8,600 hectare, um, 7,900 effective hectares. And that means, you know, that means that we've got 8,600, uh, but we, we can, can use 7,900 of it to farm. So um, it's a big place. So our wool goes to Merino. They use our strong wool. Romney, if you know wool, is strong. 
and so they use most of our wool in their clips to join with the merino. Um, wouldn't mind going down there and buying a merino farm when we're getting $2 and they get $28 wow. a kilo for their wool. Yes. Um, we have over 200,000 kilos of wool go out of Whangara farms each year. And so when you weigh that up and what you pay, you know, for the people, the shearers that do the work and that we have to, you know, they have they work hard and um, they have to have their, their lot. And so... We just would rather have something that brought us $28 for a kilo of wool. Than <laughs> then too, exactly. Kia ora, kia ora, Ingrid. So part of the social aspect of Whangara Farms is Ngātikanga Māori, and so the the overall, um, I, I suppose, identification of Whangara Farms is Ngāti Konohi te hapu te aitanga hauati, Ngāti parau te iwi, whitireia, waho te rangi, te nui. So if we look at social community Ngātikanga, how does Whangara Farms kind of um, feed into that kaupapa? Uh, well, Whangara Farms makes the money, <laughs> they make the money, yeah. and they pay, and we reap the benefit of that uh, that money. It's paid back to us each year. We keep some for the farming operation, a lot for the farming operation, and then we have a percentage. Each incorporation has its percentages of how much land they use of ours, and that's your percentage of what you get back in funds. So with those funds passed back to, for us, I can speak for us, we have um, scholarships that we send um, for university scholarships and uh, we also support the marae uh, every year and, and the church. That is our scholarship funds that we uh, that we support. We also um, are members of FOMA, the Federation of Māori Authorities, and um, we try and support whatever outside that they're doing. Um, we have tangi grants, and I'm only speaking for Whangara B5 now. Yes, yep. Um, we have tangi grants and... Um, Pūtia, that feeds into the Māori community, really, eh? that's, that's, that's available. Yes, to, to our shareholders. The main one is to the marae that, you know, that, that's hard these days. For, to keep going because there's nobody there. There's nobody home now. Um, mm. they've, they've all gone and, you know, the older ones have died off and the younger ones are working in town. And so it, it just is hard, you know, for them. But it's important, like, it's... Whangara Marae is our beating heart. It's the beating mm. heart of... Well, it's in it's in the B5 land area anyway, but, you know, that that is what it means to us to keep that, making sure that it's it's got funds to, to help pay its bills. The Marae Committee do a lot of work on their own to keep that going as well. Kia ora, kia ora, Ingrid. I saw somewhere uh, well, you've got a, a pole in Willow Tree Nursery. We have. Um, this is part of the environmental plan. Um, McDonald's sponsored our environmental plan plans for each of the incorporations. Um, we were the first farm outside of the European and British market to be given this flagship status. And that's because oh. our stock is completely fed on grass. Fed, it's grass-fed, you know, mm. overseas they use all those other things and they grow very quickly, you know, in about, in about 15 months to 18 months. They're huge, big beasts. But we don't, and it takes us, 
it will take us three years to grow a beast to the size that they do. Wow. But um, they use our beef and that is through Silver Fern Farms. We sell our beef yes. to Silver Fern Farms mm-hmm. and they use that for McDonald's. So when you go to McDonald's, you say, is this Whangarau Farms beef? <laughs> <laughs> Not many people in the world have um, have been given that honour. And as I say, the first farm out of the British and European market to receive the status was incredible. And so I got stuck into all those, um, you know, those farming magazines when they came to the field day. And I said, did any of you report about that? And the thing was, you know, a New Zealand farm, but the most important thing to us, it was a Māori farm. Here, Ingrid talks about attending a McDonald's conference in Orlando, not small by any measure. As a supplier of meat, from Whangara Farms to Silver Ferns to the fast food chain restaurant, she was there as part of the farming group. 21,000 people there. You would never have known because of the pl- and you would never have known there were that many people because it was so huge. The building was huge. And um, we were in the farming group. There were six farmers picked from all the suppliers yes. around the world. Um, and we were lucky enough to be picked from here. And it was fabulous to be able to talk to the people and say what Māori were about. Next time you go into McDonald's and you order, a, I don't know, what it, like a, a beef, a, a beef, a burger, a burger. <laughs> it, it could, it could come from Fangara Farm. Uh, succession planning and future proofing, I suppose, and young farmers. Obviously, there's the Young Farmers Award as well. What? Yes. How do you uh, play um, part in that role? With Whangarai B5, we've had a rangatahi on our committee for a very long time. The other, uh, the other two incorporations are starting to do that now. And the governance side of Māori land is really important, more important sometimes, I think, than the farming. If we don't get that right, then we start making mistakes and we just have to remember that, you know, it's, it's all about the mana of the place and, and the passion that we have for farming. So we have a rangatahi we've had um, over the years. We keep them for two years. They stay on for two years, mm-hmm. and that started back in 2000, and goodness me, I think it was even before that. Um, could have been in the 90s that we started having a rangatahi on board. Mm-hmm. And they learn the ins and outs of the governance side of farming, and then they go on to watching, being able to manage the incorporation, just as I have done, like over the years. I mean, I always tell everyone I was ten. <laughs> I went on there because I've been there forty-four years. <laughs> but I had to learn, you know, from my uncles, and um, unheard of of such a young person being on on the incorporation committees in those days, and a lady, a woman. <laughs> so yes, yeah. Wow. So um, it has been a long time. But with that, we have, on the actual farming side of it, Richard has, he has, tries to get young cadets and he helps out at um, Tūranga Araro, which have got, they have a training school for farming cadets and he helps out there with them. Um, so we can get, you know, if he can encourage people, those young people to come and work on the farm. Mm. You know, 
mm. and it's, uh, you know, like, well, you know what Gisborne's like in the summer, we get up to 34 degrees and they start work at five as soon as it's daylight and then they have a, a couple of, you know, 12 till three off in the middle of the day when it's so hot, so hot and then yeah. they work through till seven. And oh, that's a long day. That is a long day. If they don't rest in between that time, you know, when when it's time to rest. That's a very long day. So, yeah, some of them don't stay, but lots of them, the, the permanents are really good. They're used to it. Mm. And they do know to rest or swim or do whatever. The beach is right there for them to swim in. Yeah, so that's what we do for our succession planning. <laughs> Tēnā koe Ingrid Collins, Chair of Whangarā Farms. Another finalist is Kirirua Station, purchased in 2013 by husband and wife team Eugene and Pania King. Both have worked in the shearing industry and got their start in farming in Whangamomona. Eugene and Pania formed a partnership with Eugene's siblings and their partners in Mangaroa and Ruakaka stations. In 2012, the couple then decided to look for a farming property, Q Kiriroa Station, located on the east coast. The Awahohunu Forest Trust was formed in 1971. It administers Tarawira C9 lands located around 100 k's from Guavas Station on the Napier Topo Highway. Guavas Station has a history that dates back to the early 1800s. It once covered around 33,000 hectares of land. Local Komatua say that the station sits in a corridor accessed by iwi and hapu in the region. There are three known par sites on neighbouring properties in the area, Kihiao, Haki Uru and Terai Otemaro. Bob Cottrell is the trust chair. Chahi Kao caught up with him earlier this week. So I took over uh, the chairmanship of it, I think at about 2014 or 15, but I've mm. been chair for uh, four or so years and I've been a trustee since 1998. And my dad was the original chairman of um of the trust when it was formed in 1970. So, um, uh, Tawahohunu Forest Trust, there's a, there's a broad, long history with Māori farming, but what can you kind of tell us about the history of, of uh, Tawahohunu Forest Trust? Well, it goes, the, the trust itself was only formed in 1970, and it was, it was formed primarily to uh, administer land that was um, going to be planted in forestry under a forestry licence with um, the New Zealand Forest Service. It was to cover something like about 17 or 18,000 hectares of, of land that was um, partially going to be planted in production forests and, and partially or the majority of it is still virgin native bush and it will, it will stay that way in the future. The trust was, was as I say, formed to, to administer that land. The land history itself is sort of, it was part of a confiscation back in the uh, 1860s. Um, land disruption was going on, and and the Paimaruri were uh, were deemed to be sort of rebels, and um, our people up in uh, in this area were affected by that, and and large tracts of land were confiscated. 
in, in this land that Te Awahuhunu now uh, administers uh, only really handed back to um, the owners um, 50s um, after a two or three generations of dispute over who the actual owners of the land were right. uh, post-confiscations. And then the farm was, was developed before the trust was formed or being developed before the trust was formed. Kia ora, Bob. So I talked to Ingrid about the... The, the social aspect of uh, of farming, and um, you know, to really look at the social and the community that, it, of course, it surrounds. Uh, this farm is in the vicinity of Ngāti Kahungunu, uh, Ngāti Hineuru. We've contributed to assisting the, the local marae. Ngāti Hineuru is uh, is one of the um, iwi, and Ngāti Kahungunu is another iwi uh, of ownership in Te Awahuhunu. Ngāti Kahungunu. Uh, through their hapu uh, Ngāti Kahi Tāpere uh, is in Te Awohohune Forest Trust and, and Tārato Marae is, is, the, is uh, Ngāti Hineuru's marae and, and we have contributed to the maintenance of that marae. Uh, we've contributed to uh, Tārato School when it, was, when it was open. It's now closed and, um, and we've contributed to Te, te School which is, um, uh, which is where most of our staff children uh, now, uh, now uh, educated in the primary sector. Uh, we're relatively new in in, in Guavis in Central Hawke's Bay, where we purchased Guavis Station. The Mana Whenua and, and Central Hawke's Bay and Tamatea and Hiratanga are different hapu to uh, to to ours. So we're we're engaging with the local Mana Whenua in in the sense that we are now um, part of their rohe. Uh, and it's predominantly non-Māori the area that we're in, so it's um, it's a it's a community that we're that we're feeling our way a little yes. bit with, yeah. and um, and we're also sort of engaging with Tauti Tauti College. One of our trustees is the principal of Tauti College, so we're uh, we're in that sort of vicinity where um, Ngāti Whatuapiti engage, and um, so to see uh, how we can maybe engage with our Māori, young Māori men um, uh, from um, Tauti into the agribusiness sector, and of course significantly. Um, Charity College's um, Taipiranata's uh, school um, yeah. as well, so uh, it's got quite big significance in terms of ahu whenua. That must be a good leadway into um, future planning in terms of the, the young ones moving through. Obviously, we've got Young Farmer of the Year, Young Māori Farmer of the Year. Now, is there any? Is there a push to, to take on a career in farming in terms of working with um, young young people? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, we would like to engage. We'd like to get more of our young Māori back into into our farming enterprises. We haven't been uh, extremely successful in that in that area. When we we look at uh, our education grants uh, for uh, Te Awahuhunu, um, uh, we've had two or three that have gone down the agribusiness pathway mm. and, and doing really well. Uh, they've have gone into careers and to banking and and other areas, but yes. in the future we would we would hope that a, a lot more of them would go into um, the farm operational side of of agriculture and potentially into management. This competition and the young farmer competition for Māori uh, um, are going to open up um, pathways for people to to be able to see those future opportunities. 
Kia ora, Bob Cottrell, Chairman of Te Awahohonu Forest Trust, Guavis Station, Hawke's Bay. And of course we heard earlier from Ingrid Collins, Chair of Whangara Farms. For more information about the show, head to rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Kuera tatata hotaka motene wiki. Mehemia e hiahiane kotoki te fakarongo kitene hotaka tena fakapa to kia iTunes, Spotify, rane. Tiahika is, of course, available on iTunes or Spotify. Join the show next Sunday. Heikona mai.